folks, welcome back to Connecting Broncos Country. We've decided to go a little bit further than Europe for today's episode. We're going to Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, and we're de- delighted to be joined by Bryce Parker. Bryce, how are you, man? Good, thanks, guys. How are you? Tired? It's like, we're like, what, 12 hours is famous, I think, Tom, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Around about, yeah, around about. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the, you're uh, in the future, <laughs> Bryce. Yeah, but it's, it's the morning here. That's for sure. You must be sick of hearing that. Seriously, like every time you're talking to somebody over like, like this part of the world, you must be sick of hearing that. Like you're you're in the future. I don't know the one. Seriously, I hear t- I hear that in America a lot. It's oh, you know, it's so far the time difference. It's like it's not that bad. But yeah, <laughs> Europe they usually get it because there's so many Australians. But uh, America definitely they're more so. Especially when I was living in like when I lived over there for a bit, it was the same thing. It was like oh, you know, it's so far away. It's like yeah, not really. You get used to the flight. You've probably already answered the question then, but I was going to be like, how does a guy from Brisbane actually become a Denver Broncos fan? And just the emphasis on Denver. How yeah, yeah. Like, so, how's it so it's um, mainly because of Madden. Um, so in about two Madden 2005, so I was what is in grade four, I was given the game just for Christmas. So it's the back end of that season. And I played, I was trying to find a team to play with. Um, and I saw the Broncos name and that obviously resonated me with me because of the Brisbane Broncos um, being a rugby league team here in Australia. So as I got more into Madden, I started to understand the game a little bit more, which then flowed into the next NFL season. And I mean, it wasn't, you guys knew what technology was like in that 2005, six window. You weren't getting, you know, what it is now where it's readily available, but I was sort of able to keep up with highlights and that type of thing. And, you know, watching sort of, do you remember the old trackers online? Like it had the ball where it was like yes. going like downs at a time. So I would sort of sit and watch that if it was like a, a late window game because that's more friendly and I was before school so I could jump on a computer. But yeah, I used to sit online and watch that tracker sort of watch like plumber with the offense and sort of see, see you know, 10 yard gain sacked, 10 yard gain sacked. So, you know, that was sort of my introduction to American football was watching it on a tracker not even live just like watching it this weird little football move on a computer screen um but yeah and bryce i suppose what are maybe some of your favorite memories from your time watching the the broncos there there have been some pretty good moments uh since Mm -hmm. 2005 in fairness so the first real memory that i have was so that I wrote a piece, I helped with a piece for denverbroncos.com um, when the Tebow game, they were replaying it. So that Tebow year was, my grandma was actually sick at the time. So the Broncos was kind of a distraction from her being sick. I sort of had football as a sort of getaway. And that was sort of the first year the Broncos started being on TV a little bit more because Tebow had them playing primetime. Tebow had them, the talk of, you know, sports center and all this kind of stuff. So it was sort of the first opportunity that I got to watch the Broncos. Um, my parents bought me my first jersey, which was a Tebow jersey for that Christmas. And in that playoff game, you know, we all sat around the TV and watched it. Even though my parents didn't understand American football, they sort of still sat down and watched it with me, which sort of was the sort of first memory of, okay, this sport actually does bring people together. Because when you're sort of first getting into a sport like American football, you don't realize how big it actually is. Um, you know, that's before the world of Twitter and stuff like that. Like I didn't realize that, you know, there was leagues in Australia with people playing and I just thought, you know, I was one of those weird ones that watched it. 
And then as you sort of start to get into a little bit more, you start to understand it. Um, and then my first live game at Mile High was the day Manning came back against the Chargers. Um, so the Broncos gave me field passes, luckily enough, like I won a competition that they were running and I got to go on the field uh, pre-game. So to be in Mile High for the first time and then seeing, you know, Manning warm up, Akeem, you know, everyone, it was kind of really surreal to be, you know, you guys can probably talk to that feeling as well. You've watched it on TV for so long and then you're standing in the venue and you're like, okay, this is, this is special. You know, I've been in a lot of sporting venues, but there was something, I don't know, special about sports authority field at the time. Um, but yeah, definitely probably that game speaks a lot because of sort of what it meant in the season, you know, like everyone will remember that day. Manning came back after half time. They got the number one seat and then they went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. And Bryce, just following up, I suppose, a little bit for people who are watching this who maybe don't know about uh, how big the NFL and American football is in Australia. You mentioned about the, the leagues and that there are people playing. Can you talk maybe a little bit more uh, about that? Because I know that's something that we have in Ireland as well. But I think for people in America, they mightn't realize that that is something that, that takes place outside of the States. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, they've probably been going for a, about a decade or so now. You know, former Bronco Adam Gotsis in Victoria actually came through the junior system, played at the World Champs for Australia, then went to Georgia Tech, and then went to the NFL. So, you know, there's kids in Australia that can now see that there's actually a genuine pathway to the NFL. It doesn't have to be the traditional punting route that we're seeing, you know, pro kick Australia taking over college football. You can be a positional player. It's a lot harder, but if you're good enough and you have the talent, you can get to the levels. I mean, they play on rugby fields here in Brisbane, um, you know, dimly lit facilities. Um, but yeah, there's probably what about eight teams here in Brisbane. They have uh, Colts, which is sort of that under 18s. They have juniors, then they have seniors. And I think there's even a women's league. Um, there was, I don't know if that's still continuing, you know, now with, COVID and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, there was def, it's definitely a push for American football in Australia. Um, also, like rugby and AFL, they have their different skill sets, whereas the kids that are built differently and, you know, are naturally that sort of bigger, heavy set that they don't want to run all day or they don't want to, you know, run two mile, three, four mile in rugby, they can see NFL, they can use their power and their strength and they're going to be like, okay, that's a sport for me. Um, I think Adam Gotsis has kind of spoken to something similar that that's sort of what got him into it, that, you know, Australian rules football wasn't for him, but he went to Gridiron, which we call it. Gridiron, they found, he found his path through Gridiron Victoria. So, yeah, I think it's really cool that it's not just the pros here. Right. Um, we've been very fortunate as a group to connect with people, not just in Europe and the US and obviously in Australia, but just with yourselves. And I know uh, Sunil as well. There's, there's so many fans in Australia and I've seen on Facebook just loads. Uh, I'd be interested even myself in knowing, like, it's hard enough, Colin, for me and you to watch a game at uh, four o'clock in the morning on a Monday night football game. But what's that game day experience like for you? Is the early games okay or are there certain times where it's a bit crazy for you? So, um, so the early season, so when they first kick off, the early, the early window is a 3 a.m. start for us. And then the second window is like a 6.20 or a 6.05, depending on that game. Um, yeah. 
And then that's for us here in Brisbane, obviously. Like if you're in Perth, um, that's a 1, 1 a.m. start. So that, that's even more brutal for people over there is that early window. Um, yeah, and then obviously as we get more into prime time, it becomes more friendly. And then obviously once U.S. daylight savings stops, they go back that hour because in Queensland we don't have any form of daylight savings. So then it's 4 a.m. and uh, 6, 7, sorry. So people in Sydney... Um, like Sun Oil and all that, they have that extra hour once daylight saving kicks in. So you don't have to feel sorry for them. You know, they're five o'clock and eight o'clock and then midday. So yeah, definitely those early window games. Like, you know, last season we had that, uh, I think it was, or two seasons ago, we had that Buffalo game. At anything on the East Coast is brutal in the early season. Um, you know, the Broncos talk about they don't like an 11 o'clock start. I don't like it either. Um, yeah. I, I like being able to sort of just get into it. You know, I like listening to pregame shows. I like listening to everything, but I can't do that for 3 a.m. Um, I sort of have to get up just as it's kicking off. Uh, it can't. It ruins the whole day. If you, as you guys know, if you're getting up at 1 o'clock, 2 a.m. in the morning, you can't, you can't operate for the rest of the day. But you, you learn how to adapt, that's for sure. But, yeah, there's definitely a big tw- – there, there's a Twitter, like Australian NFL community between people that report on the game, people that are just fans. Um, the Broncos probably aren't one of the bigger teams here. That's for sure. Um, mainly because like they weren't on TV a lot here. They probably were like during John Elway's era, but then they dropped off for so long. Like the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets. I mean, the LA teams will probably start helping with like the kids because people resonate with those big markets. The Cowboys, the 49ers are definitely huge. Um, obviously like when Jared Hayne went over there, that made a big difference, even though he wasn't that good, but like, he was well known in Australia, so people started following the 49ers because of him. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it also, I think it would also help the Broncos as they get better again is being on primetime TV a lot more. Um, because obviously, that's the other games are a bit hit and miss. Um, so we get so we get obviously the primetime games, um, and then we also get one game in the early window, one game in the late window. So it kind of just depends. Oh, we also get Monday and Thursday, but the early window, it's usually the game of the day. So like the CBS game of the day is the late window and the Fox one is the early window. So it really relies on the Broncos being good for us to be on the free TV. Um, But now I just pay for game pass has been an absolute game changer for sure. Um, could you actually imagine getting to work on Monday morning and watching Sunday Night Football and chilling well in that sense? I have to say as well, like you're talking about that one hour difference or like daylight savings time changing. For me, Colin, I don't know if you agree, that is the best time of the year. I actually can watch Sunday Night Football, go to bed at like 2.30 and get up at 7, all fresh, crying. I don't know, man. Like that, that first game last year was like 20 past three. In the morning, yes. I, just, so the, I, I couldn't do that every week. Like, fair play, seriously, I could not do that. Yeah, so that first game, I was actually in... Uh, so that, uh, and our time was like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. It was it was weird <laughs> to be watching football at that time of the day. But your body, in a weird way, just gets used to waking up. Like, uh, at week three or four, like, your body kind of really knows, like, okay, it's a Monday. We know that we're going to bed at, like, eight o'clock. You're getting up at three. You know, it makes for a long day, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing it now since definitely since I finished school. So what, nearly a decade now, eight years. So I'm kind of used to it now. Obviously, when I was at school, you couldn't do that. 
Um, <laughs> there was no way. I, I would I would usually just watch the late window, but uh, Red Zone definitely is was a game changer for us. Yeah, I think we're we're all pretty happy about the technological advances that there have been, and I think in so many ways being able to access games and probably being able to access other fans as well has changed the the viewing experience uh, i certainly remember it being kind of pretty lonely watching games on a, a either the late sunday or the monday night football game and you're just sitting there yourself kind of uh tr- try not to wake up your housemates and just kind of huddled and uh, try not to, to say anything but bryce i suppose the interesting thing might be to hear who are, have been some of your favorite Broncos players over the, the years? Um, so, I mean, Jake Palmer, because um, he was kind of the first quarterback that I'd really seen with the Broncos. Um, and just the way he went about it, like, he just kind of, you know, quarterbacks are always that polished, you know, the, the Brady sort of image, the Manning image. Jake Palmer definitely wasn't that. So it was kind of cool to see some guy who just didn't give a stuff what people thought about him. He was just going to go and do his own thing. Kind of like, you know, John Daly when it comes to golf. He just, that was that was Jake Palmer, um, you know, and he was not great, but he was good. He was serviceable. He, he you know, he, he had some really good years with the Broncos. And um, Champ Bailey, um, I just love the way he went about it. Um, I'm, I love defense. I'm not kind of one of these people that gets bored in a defensive dominated game so i really loved watching champ bailey go at it you know that not quite pick six what was a 99 yard pick of tom brady um you know you'll remember that forever um yeah i just one wish was just that champ would have got a ring um you know he got close with that super bowl against seattle but we want to forget about that one um yeah and then obviously i love manning um Godsus obviously now not with the Broncos, but Godsus was definitely one of my favorite players, mainly just because of what he represents. Um, you know, a lot of people gave him a bit of stick, but he would always give a hundred percent. Like he'd been through a lot of injuries. He'd gone through it the hard way and definitely Godsus. Uh, I, I don't buy a lot of jerseys, um, but I, you know, I do have one of Godsus's in my cupboard. Um, from this new team, from now, probably going forward, one of my favorite players is probably going to be Justin Simmons. Um, I just, the guy just oozes leadership. Um, you know, you've seen with all the things going on in America now, especially you've sort of seen his leadership come to the fore. Um, I think he can be a team captain for many years. He's a great player, but I love that leadership that he sort of just, he doesn't try too hard. You know, he can grab guys and just sort of come with me. We're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to get better. Um, and I really think he's a guy that Broncos fans should really get behind because he seems like a really good dude i think as well what you're saying about uh well about simmons for example for a start bang on like the guy is brilliant and obviously what we've seen i think it was yesterday with the the riot with the protest sorry and he was obviously he obviously stood up and if you haven't seen the speech if you're if you're watching this go online it, it's fantastic going back a second bryce uh i really hope adam gots this pick you know, gets a team somewhere because the guy's great and he deserves a land somewhere if, if he's not going to come back to Denver in that sense. Uh, I guess staying on this year's roster though, um, what have your opinions been of the draft and free agency so far? Have you got a favourite pick, for example, or do you think it's solid or how do you think about it so far? Uh, so 
I was a little bit, at the time, I was a little bit iffy about going with that second wide receiver in the second round. Um, I thought Denver had other needs at the time. But the more I look at it, the more I can kind of go, okay, like CJ, Jerry Judy with the running back, it's the one, two. I can go, okay, that gives them something to not build around, but it helps Locke have another weapon with Cortland and... So I can definitely understand it. Jerry Judy, to have him fall to where he did in the draft was unbelievable. Um, I didn't think he would be there. Um, I thought, I honestly thought the Raiders would take him. Um, so to have him, I think he was the best receiver in the draft. I, I love his speed. I love everything about him. Um, I think he's going to be great. Um, as long as he wasn't too disappointed about coming to Denver, there was kind of those rumors or that, Twitter, internet rumors that, you know, he wasn't happy about playing for Drew Locke, which, you know, unproven quarterback, I can kind of understand. But hopefully Locke can get him on the right page. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't really fault anything John Elway really did. Um, obviously, I would have loved more offense, offensive line help. Um, I'm still, obviously, like everyone, not sold on bowls. Um, maybe he can turn the corner this year. You know, he sort of looked like he was doing that in the second half of last season, but whether that was just Locke getting the ball away quicker or whether that was him actually improving, we don't know. Uh, we won't know. You know, you, we don't want, you know, Gordon or Lindsay going for 70, 80 yards and then it being called back like we've seen. You know, in our division, we can't – the Denver can't do that anymore. Um, you can't keep taking big chunk plays away. So it's all – Denver's success this season, I know this is kind of roundabout, but Denver's success is really going to be how much that offensive line improves because you can have all the weapons in the world, but if Locke doesn't have the time or we're losing chunk plays, then it's going to be, you know, a five-win season again. Um, but, yeah, in terms of picks, definitely probably Jerry Judy. And I know it's one of those sort of sexy picks, but it's hard to go past him from what you've sort of seen in college. I mean, we don't see much college football here, so I can only watch highlights and that type of thing. So, I, yeah, I have to sort of go on what I've seen a lot of highlights of. Yeah, I mean, look, Judy's college highlight reel is phenomenal. And I think if the guy has any uh, questions around Drew Locke, once he walks into the building uh, and, and to Dove Valley and talks to the people there, uh, he, he just needs to have a chat with Cortland Sutton. And I think he'll realize that... Um, there's there's a special QB I think I think in, in Drew Locke and uh, he'll certainly see plenty of the ball I imagine. I, I think what you're you're saying around the the O line is, is spot on um, and hopefully it won't be uh, just the the five win season. But I suppose Bryce, what do you think realistically this team is capable of given that there are that the the caveats that you've spoken about? Yeah. Look, on the being on the court, like I had them as around seven or eight wins last year if everything went right with Flacco. So I think they've definitely improved off that mark. Um, so I'd probably say like a nine, t sort of a nine, ten win season. Could it get better? Like if they can steal a game in Kansas City or steal a game at home against Kansas City, I really think that's going to be the difference. They're going to have to try and go on the road in the division, which historically like on, in the Manning era was so good to them. Um, now that we haven't been able to win apart from Los Angeles, 
we sort of struggled. So I, we've got to go into Kansas City and try and, as hard as it's going to be, steal a game in Kansas City this year. That, hang on, well, I think it's a Sunday, is it Sunday night? No, that's in, is it a Sunday night game in Denver or is that in Kansas City? I can't remember. Denver if, week 13, I think. I think it's Denver week 13. Yeah. So if they can win that week 13 game against Kansas City in Denver, I think that'll hold them in pretty good stead. Like I, I sort of have that one circled in my calendar is that's what's really probably going to show us like where they are, um, you know, returning to primetime football. You can against a big rival in a game most people won't expect you to win. doesn't matter if they're four, five, six wins. Like at that time, people are going to write them off. So if they can come in and beat Mahomes and co and prime time, you know, like the American media will go nuts. If Drew Locke can, you know, even go toe to toe with Mahomes, like he's not going to outduel Mahomes, but if he can sort of hang in there, then yeah. What are you, are you guys sort of thinking I, around that nine? Yeah, it's, it, nine, it's interesting because that's kind of, Michael, Michael went nine and I went 10, but what you're saying around the, the Chiefs is an interesting one because in what we were predicting i i think we do get that road win in kansas this year um we're, we're so long overdue and, and i think that i i think it's the other way i think we play the chiefs at home earlier and, and i think the road game is later oh, but i i'm not certain i i'm not certain on that because my expectation i'm trying to remember back was that I think Denver will be buoyant going into that Chiefs game at home, I think. But I think the Chiefs look to put a marker down and put us back in our place. But I think they get over cocky and, and we go in and, and want Drew Locke and Co. want to make up for what's happened last year and what's happened over the last few years. 2015, since we last won in, in Kansas, that has to change at some point. And we have been really unlucky against the Chiefs, certainly in the Denver game um, in the last couple of years. Now, look, uh, playing uh, in Kansas last December in a blizzard, it hasn't been a fun place for us to go traditionally, but I think this year that is a place where we actually do sneak a win. I, I don't, I think we, uh, you know, we, we're, we're not winning the Super Bowl. I think, look, the Chiefs are a formidable outfit, but I do think that will be a statement when it will force people to sit up and, and take notice. But I think a lot of what you're saying, Bryce, is, is spot on. It, the line will be so important. And I do think tying Justin Simmons up to that long-term contract is really, really important. I, I don't want to see him have to play under the tag um, because, uh, you know, somebody will come in the following year if if we don't get that taken care of and he is just integral to this um franchise i i think on on and off the field yeah i totally agree with you i mean they obviously let will parks go this year and it was kind of one of those decisions that you know are you going to give big money to parks are you going to give money to simmons and they've obviously seen that simmons is the future and their future leader so they've got to get that done whether that's I don't, you're right. I don't want him to see him playing on the tag, but I think he's one of those guys that will play on the tag um, and won't have a problem with it. I don't think he'll hold out. I don't think he will sort of whinge about it. I think he'll just get on with it, but you don't want to allow that to possibly happen. Right. Yeah. I will be, uh, forget, I'll, I'll never forgive myself if we will ask you this question as a final question. Nip. Obviously you're in Brisbane. So if anybody isn't aware right now, because my mum, brought me a shirt five four or five years ago brisbane broncos shirt 
Uh, Bryce, I think you sent me a link recently. The, uh, just forgive me if I'm wrong. Do the Broncos have a connection with the Brisbane Broncos? I remember you saying it might be about Pat Bowen or somebody else. So when the Brisbane Broncos were being set up in the late 80s, um, the founders of the Broncos were travelling through America to get an idea of how a team should be run. And um, they ended up in Denver. And back then, the two cities were very similar size-wise, population size. I think Brisbane's grown a little bit. Denver's grown a little bit. So it's kind of parted in those philosophies. But they were very similar. They're very similar sort of one-team towns, very similar sporting towns. They met with uh, Pat Bowen and a few of the other, I'm slipping their names now, but a few of the other executives at the time. Um, and they sort of gave them ideas about how to run teams, how to, uh, you know, set up charities in their name, how to set up, how to be one with the community, which the Broncos are obviously good at. So when they came back, they're like, okay, that's what we're going to settle with. We're going to settle with the Bronco, Brisbane Broncos. I mean, Brisbane, we don't really have the wild horses or anything running around Brisbane. You know, we don't even call them Broncos. They're Brumbies in Australia anyway. So, so a lot of people don't really understand why the Broncos name is there. But it comes back to Denver and they definitely did have a connection. Um, I was trying to get Wade Phillips to talk about it, but he never did um, on Twitter. But he, uh, he was brought out here for state of origin, which for those who don't know is two states, Queensland and New South Wales, playing each other in rugby league, which is probably the showpiece of rugby league in Australia. So they brought them out here. Our coaches would go over there. Wayne Bennett, which is kind of like Bill Belichick in, in a kind of roundabout way, but in terms of that sort of Marth thing, sort of that grumpy sort of doesn't want to give anything away, has won a lot, that type of situation. So, yeah, there was definitely something there between those two clubs um i've heard they've kind of drifted a little bit um for example our halfback so in rugby league halfback number seven was alfie alfie langer he sent a jersey to john elway and john elway actually hung it in his locker in denver and we have john elway's jersey in the league's club in australia which is kind of like a restaurant um, I don't know if you guys have those in Ireland for sporting teams, but yeah, like a Lee's club, social club, which belongs to the team where they train as a restaurant and everything. So John Elway's jersey actually hangs in the Lee's club there. Um, and it still does to this day. But yeah, so there, there was a connection there. I think it's kind of parted a little bit that Bowen's got sick. But yeah, definitely sort of, I was sort of shocked to learn that. Um, oh yeah, and the Broncos, like the Denver Broncos, have a horse that, runs around the field we calls ours buck obviously miles but and thunder sorry but and we also have miles but um yeah it's very similar so obviously this is can you sort of say like yeah so that's obviously the broncos logo here in australia um that's the newer one but um yeah it's it's interesting how they both were the same and uh yeah it's funny how things work out Absolutely. I was unaware of that, but I think that's really fascinating. I think in terms of if you were setting up any sort of sports club, Pat Bolin is the guy you would have wanted to, to talk to. I mean, he was like King Midas when it came to the Broncos and what he was able to achieve and no, you know, back-to-back -back losing seasons. So, yeah, I, I can see why if you were traveling across America and you were wondering how you were going to go about doing it, you came across Mr. B, you would 
take massive inspiration from that. And, uh, but I, I think that's probably not something that many people are aware of. So thanks for. Uh, yeah, I think they kept it kind of under wraps too. Sorry to cut you off, but um, yeah, they. I don't think they tried to, you know, let people know how big the connection was between them being on other sides of the world and stuff like that. They just kind of let it happen. But when you kind of dive deeper in, you can kind of see the similarities there. They said the, definitely the charities and then being that one team town, being away from the big markets, so to speak, like Brisbane, you know, Sydney and Melbourne are two big, big markets. Um, Brisbane's kind of away, even though, you know, we are a city of a million people, it's still not back in the eighties. It was sort of considered away. You know, Brisbane was your outsider. Queensland people have a chip on their shoulder a little bit, kind of, kind of like Colorado people do with, you know, people from Los Angeles and New York, especially when they come into the building and stuff like that. So there was definitely similarities there. Um, you know, it is amazing. And the Broncos, the Brisbane Broncos have had that kind of success as well. I mean, they haven't won a title now since 2006, but in the early days they were winning a lot. Um, so you can definitely see the foundations that they set looking at Mr. B and everyone else. It must've worked. There must've been something that, <laughs> You know, it's just amazing that the, he didn't have a say in it, but he must have had a little bit of an influence on it and it worked in something completely different. The guy was just a genius in everything he touched. Um, yeah, I, it's it's pretty amazing really how, how smart of a man Mr. B really was. Um, you know, you look at everything he did for sport in America and you don't, I don't think we truly appreciated how great he was um but, certainly yeah. certainly the league i think didn't appreciate i think denver understood better than the the rest of the the national football league and, and it has only been in recent years that they've come to truly understand that he did change the 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 face of, of football so it's good to hear that that some of that magic dust uh, made its way uh, across the ocean to the the brisbane broncos as well and what we aim to do, I suppose, with Connecting Broncos Country is to, to hear that sort of story and to, to hear about, you know, from fans across the world and how they became Broncos fans, but I suppose what it, what it means to them. So appreciate you taking the time to chat to myself and Michael today, Bryce. And uh, anytime, guys. We, uh, we look forward to hopefully uh, a 2020 season when we'll all be uh, cheering on the Broncos uh, from our various time zones. Absolutely. I sort of can't wait. It's, uh, it's been a long 10 weeks. I mean, sport here is only just starting to get started again. So fingers crossed by September, we have crowds in the stands. Um, we might not be able to get there till December, but, you know, our borders are definitely shut till December. So I'm hoping maybe in the back end of getting over there, but who really knows yeah i actually watched nrl for like the first time in my life bar state of origin last weekend it's, it's check it out guys i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not doing an offer for the nrl here but it, it's interesting it's good bryce it's, it's it's just it's been brilliant having you on man and look if me and colin don't meet you or any other you know guy or whatever from australia in colorado we'll have to get down there at some point my sister lives down there now so i have no excuse i guess to fly for 20 odd hours but it's been a pleasure having you on man and uh, yeah just take care and hope hopefully chat to you soon yeah absolutely thanks guys